Ebullient greetings. I'm your host, Jackie Bird of Jackie Bird Spiritual Wellness, your guide to stress and anxiety relief, mindfulness, awareness, self-care, self-love, and personal growth. Welcome and thank you for joining me as we roll with peace in mind. Today's riff is Are You On The Right Train? Riding On The Urge. These episodes feature people who are doing their thing, they follow their heart and their passion, and they create how they want, what they want, when they want, and they are riding on the right train. Today's spotlight is Zazel Ogara Shava. Greetings, everyone. Want to let you know that February 28th, that's a Sunday, at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I will have my end of the month, chill out, chill down, chillax, renew, stress busters guided meditation. And that's a virtual session from 1 p.m. to 1.30 Eastern Standard Time. That is 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 6 p.m. in the UK, and 7 p.m. in Europe. I hope you join me. Tickets are available on my website, JackieBirdSpiritualWellness.com. And also, I hope you consider becoming a friend of the podcast. That information is also on my website under subscriptions. So go visit JackieBirdSpiritualWellness.com. And without further ado, I am going to bring on part two of this fabulous interview that I had with Miss Zazel. I'm not going to say I'm Giselle O'Gara, you know, any longer wearing the, you know, stiletto heels and, Mm -hmm. you know, all the men are stopping me and whatever. That's not who I am anymore. I have accepted the fact that I am a um, brain tumor survivor and this is who I am. You know, I'm proud of who I am and I've I've made myself into a different person and I'm, I'm happy with it. One of the things I did also was um, while I was at Rusk, after I left uh, Kessler, I went to Rusk Rehab, NYU Rusk Rehab, which was another phenomenal place. And they um, introduced me to a therapist there who also had a brain tumor. So I went to her office and um, I told her my story. I said, you know, I'm in the arts and I had this brain tumor and, you know, I'm in there with a cane and my brace and, you know, and I just spoke so openly and, um, you know, with, with, you know, passion and, you know, just the love of the arts or whatever. And she's, she said, well, you know, you are amazing. And I want you to join the Brain Tumor Foundation. So I did join the Brain Tumor Foundation and I went to the support groups. And in the support groups with other persons with brain tumors, um, everyone is, was there, was in a sad mood. They were, you know, depressed because having a brain tumor is like, you know, it's a horrible, it's it's a, a experience that no one wants to go through. And uh, so she recognized that I kind of took over the support groups, you know, with my personality and my laugh and the smile and whatever. And um, she recommended that I go to grad school for social work. And I said, what, are you joking? I can't even read and write. But I did, I took the, her advice and I, um, I started to apply to grad schools. 
And the first grad school I applied to was Fordham University. And I did it as a non-matric student because I wanted to see if I could do it. Mm-hmm. And there I was in the classroom with all these people and the, you know, I think I had human behavior. That was a class. And um, the, the professor was extremely difficult. But I, I tell this story because I always tell persons with disabilities, if you want to go back to school, go to the Office of Disability Services within your university and they will help you. Mm-hmm. They will definitely help you. I mean, they gave me a lot of services. Like if I had to take notes, another student could take the notes. If oh. I wanted to take a, a, a test, I could use it. I could take a test in another classroom, you know, different things. If, if you needed Xeroxes, they, you know, Xerox copies of papers or whatever, they would have another student do it and pay that student. Mm. to help you. So with that in mind, I um, did very well for that first um, semester. And then I applied to the school and I got accepted. You know, uh, what I'm also hearing here is if you ask for help and you're open for help, you will get it. You will get it. <laughs> you will absolutely get it. And one of the best things, I'm going to tell you two stories, two short stories. One of the best things was because I had a disability, I had I've received many scholarships. People don't know how to look for scholarships. I look for scholarships for people with chronic illnesses, people with brain tumors, people who have women, black women with, you know, illnesses. I looked up everything and I got a lot of money. And then also the Screen Actors Guild gave me some cash. (laughs) (laughs) Shouting y'all out, shouting y'all out. Shout out, shout out. Yes, I mean, they'll help you go back to school. Wow. Yeah, so that was amazing. But the other part of the story was um, one day I I received a phone call from Barry Martin. Do you remember Barry? Mm Mm-mm. Barry, he used to go to Alvin Ailey with me. He was this amazing dancer and um, black guy and uh, just hysterical, just a wonderful spirit. He was on scholarship there with me at Ailey. And then after Ailey, I think he went to Purchase and okay. got his degree in dance. And right after he finished Purchase, he went to England and got into a dance company. So while he was in a dance company, they were doing a tour in South Africa and he got into a massive car accident. And because it was South Africa, they did not allow him to go into the uh, regular hospital, the hospital with the... Caucasians, white people, and they let him stay there and suffer. Mm -hmm. And then fortunately they found out that he was American, whatever, and they uh, allowed him to go into that hospital. But by that time he became a quadriplegic. And then Mm -hmm. I think his family came and they flew him back to England and that's where he did his rehab. And then he came back to New York. However- Not to cut you off, because I want you to continue. What year was this? Was this that after was, apartheid? Yeah, I think, um, oh, I don't remember. I think it was before apartheid. Okay, so apartheid was still happening yeah, when he, yeah. okay. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. So um, he came back here and Alvin Ailey um, actually hired him to choreograph for the company. He started mm. his own dance company. He was absolutely amazing. But he found out that I had a brain tumor and he called me up and he told me, Cizelle, do you realize that um, there's more minorities who are disabled? Mm. And um, 
He's like, you have to make yourself known. You have to join the Performance with Disabilities Union with the Screen Actors Guild, because he was in it. And he says, I want you to join every single disability organization or try to in this country. Mm. And then also go to school, go back to school, because he did mm-hmm. he was in uh, NYU and finished his master's degree. And I took his advice and did everything. And when I went to that performance with disabilities union within the Screen Actors Guild, there were not a, a lot of minorities. I think he was the only one. Oh, wow. Wow. Information just dropping into your lap, dropping setting up guide po- signposts. Go this way, go this way, go this way. Right. Because what's so beautiful about this, even though you and I haven't talked in decades, you are still that magnificent light that I, I always knew. You know, I knew uh, Zazel from, um, was it JoJo's Dance Factory? Broadway at, Dance at, Center. It was Broadway Dance Center when you when you started coming around? Yeah. Okay, well, so it had to be the beginnings of Broadway Dance Center, though, coming out of JoJo's Dance Factory, Heinz Hatchet. Yeah, And yeah. then it became Broadway yeah, Dance Center. I used Center. to watch you, and you used to be... Too fierce. I mean, you used to be, you were fierce. You were giving those oh. classes and kicking butt. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah. that's where I know you always from. had a serious look on your face. Like, I'm doing this. <sighs> you know? Yeah, you know, it's funny. You know, when we talk about like the, the self that you were as you're developing into, I think, being more of who you're meant to be in a way. And I remember me at that time, I was so serious about everything. Yeah, you were serious. uh, Yeah, I didn't play. You You didn't play, you did not play. Did you used to teach step? Um, I did some teaching over at steps. They weren't my classes. I would would sub over there. Yeah. Um, Yeah, everything was very serious to me. You were serious. You were, I'm like, oh my God, you used to scare me. I'm like, this girl is serious. (laughs) You know, I felt that if you're going to do something, you got to do it well. And you got to set your mind to it. But as I look back on that girl, you know, and she was fun loving, but some people didn't know that because I would present this very serious, this very serious side. But I was a kook. I mean, I was like loony, like silly and, and all of that. But I think that that girl didn't realize that she needed to relax and not take things quite so seriously. That yeah, but I mean, okay. I admired it. I admired that. I, I admired it because you had a lot of focus and you had a lot of passion and you had, well, you were amazingly talented. Thank you. But I, I think, like I said, I remember you just always smiling and having this great energy and things cooking. Like it always seemed like you had a bunch of things in the fire. You know, this project, that project, you just did finish modeling, you know, on this project. And and then there was, you know, stuff you were dancing on. And, you know, I, I just remember yeah, those vibrance about I mean, about you know, uh, looking back, it, it was always um, a frenetic energy I had. I mean, you know, I was always had a creative spirit of frenetic energy, but I yeah. knew right before I got sick that I was going to have to change soon because things were changing as I was getting older. Like, you know, yes. Because when you start getting older, you know, the phone is not ringing as much. And right. I knew that I had to make a change. Like, okay, wow. Zizel, we got to start thinking of your elder years. <laughs> yeah, because you know, when you're in that business, you just, you're on go. And I mean, I had a transition um, at this point, it's 21 years now since I've been in the in the industry. And I had a, a major identity crisis because we we identify ourselves through what it is that we do. 
and not so much out of the listening space of who you are, which is a bigger <laughs> and even bigger source of who you are is the, the big source. We think well, in little yeah, terms. I'm so glad that you said that because, you know, I had two interviews and I was talking about being a dancer or any, being an artist. And I said, the one thing they, they don't tell you, I mean, I majored in dance in, in college. The one thing they don't tell you about is survival. Yes. You have to pay $950. I just looked at it the other day for headshots. What? Yes, I saw a man- $950 for headshots now? I saw someone advertising for $950 for headshots. You, the, the dance classes now are $25. Right. You know, you have to know how to maintain yourself and know how to really survive in this, mm -hmm. unless you come from a rich family who can support right. you. You have to know how to survive. They don't tell you that when you're majoring in dance or acting. Right. You have to, you no, really don't. do the arts and business. Yes. <laughs> Right, because it's it's we call it show business, but it's really the business of show. It's really yeah, it's, it's, this is the, the business aspect, you know. And you're right, but what I also know that we're not taught is how to thrive, you know, because it's like, you know, I hear what you're saying about survival, because you know how do you pay your rent, you know how you pay your bills, you know all of that in the industry. But you know, to me, survival is is here. Thriving is 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 often yeah. yeah and and we're not taught as humans in this society how to thrive to have thrival mode mentality as opposed to just getting by just being right. able to pay your bills no, you know that because that's not, not living that's not living that is not living I understand the passion I totally understand the passion because I was there I mean I had the passion yeah. you know yeah. um, and I always say this look. My sister, I only have one sister. She was the complete opposite of me. She was business, business. Mm. Mm. And um, here I was buying my pumps and my red lipstick. And she was, she purchased her first house at 27. And uh, cause she's like, I, I never want to rent. Yeah. And so she always- Don't blame her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, let me go out, you know, to Europe and come yeah. back and be poor, <laughs> you know? <laughs> But you yeah. were doing your thing. You know what I mean? I it's my thing. I mean, I did very well in Europe, but I never, you know, I was never very conscious of investing and, you know, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. I, ne I never thought about that. Not until my third, not until after the tumor that okay. I think about that. You know what I mean? But my sister was always a go-getter, marketing genius. I mean, and she's mm -hmm. a Supreme Court judge. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So she's like the complete opposite of me. Yeah. But that's that's all good. You know what I mean? It it's like it Yeah, good. because I think that if you led any other kind of life, you wouldn't be where you are right now in terms of well, what look, you've my learned. sister she gave me a card, a Christmas card this year and she said I could never do what you do. I could there never There you go. Be the person that you there, are. There you go. So that brings us to your virtual presentation called New Beginnings. That blue my mind because it makes you think about how you view disability yeah you know how do you as as a able-bodied person view really view disability what are the things the myths 
that you have, particularly if there's nobody in your life that, you know, going through that, what, yeah. what do you, what do you really think? And it brought all of that up. It, and I think that it, it brought a level of awareness in terms of education. Yeah. Which is so needed. People need to understand and they need to see and they need to um, hear. So kudos to you for that project, New Beginnings. Yeah. So, and folks, I urge you to go to Zazel's site and to look at her company and look at the offerings on YouTube and to donate. Oh, absolutely. And to donate. Donate, yes, donate to her company yeah. and go to Montserrat and support the people in that island. Yeah, but please, island. what are you, what is your company? What is your mission statement? All of that stuff. My company is ZCO Dance Project and uh, I'm very proud of it. Um, it's been a hustle, it's definitely been a hustle, uh, a lot of hard work. I run the company basically by myself. You know, I, I have assistants on occasion, but I basically do everything by myself. I mean, I have it's two- Fundraising. Fundraising, um, administration, dealing with the dancers, you know, hiring choreographers. You know, it's a lot of work. And, you know, to maintain it is even more difficult because you do need the funding. We have been able to do um, performances in New York City at Dixon Place and at Symphony Space and Mark Morris, which was absolutely wonderful. We've raised money, but now I am in the process of applying for more grants. And then I do things on the side. I mean, I, I also teach individuals who are disabled. I've taught at Mount Sinai Hospital. I've taught at a gazillion hospitals and and uh, social service facilities, dance to persons who are mentally and intellectually uh, disabled, which has been wonderful. So I just try to keep it going. I just try to keep it going, you know, and it's difficult because I got to hustle my butt off. Are you life. literally writing your own grants? I just hired someone else to write the grants. Because that in and of itself is... Yes very difficult yeah it's very i just found someone to do that for me just oh, that's good. like this week so, oh wow yeah. that's good yeah it's difficult but you know i keep going and i think this performance the performance that we did last week new beginnings is a new beginning because everything is virtual everything right. is virtual right. so someone clued me in the the woman that was the uh mc galil was the one that you know, she's a Adelco award winner. She has like, she's a seasoned actress and she knows everyone in the city. So she was the one that hooked me up with this incredible production manager who did all of the taping and editing and whatever. And mm. it was just amazing. She so, was fabulous. I yeah. loved her. Oh, Gallo, she's excellent. Yeah, she's excellent. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's fabulous. So we try to do other things, you know, try to bring in different choreographers and um, I try to expose the dancers to different genres, to um, jazz, modern, ballet, African dance. And, you know, I want to be a soulful company, you know, because that's my background. I love to dance with soul. And yes. <laughs> so that's why we're, we're doing, I'm going to announce it right now, we're doing a um, Black History Month, a short Black History Month showcase at the end of February that okay. is a tribute to Entezaki Shangi. And uh, we're going to be doing just like a, a little short presentation, but just to, you know, just to keep us out there, just to have yes. people know that we still are existing 
in this climate, in this pandemic right. climate where a lot of artists are suffering. Yeah, a lot of artists are struggling and suffering. A lot of humans are struggling, suffering. The one thing that I feel this time can teach us is the art of collaboration and the art Very of cooperation and not being isolated. If you feel isolated, there are groups that you can reach out to, even though you're in your own home. Don't give up. Keep the faith. We are being taught something here you know, um, something very valuable for humankind, something to raise the elevation of humankind, something to draw us together to support the earth. This is an important time. It is not just a time of suffering. If you can shift your focus. You have to shift your focus. Yeah. And you know, one of the beautiful things, I mean, it's going to be almost a year that we've been That's going right. through this pandemic. That's right. And one of the almost a year. People, you know, I have no problems being at home by myself. I have no problems, you know, because I listen to myself. I'm, I'm working on the dance company. I'm working on myself. I have a journal that I write in. And even though my, my handwriting is slow with my right hand because it's, you know, it can move, but it's slow. Mm -hmm. I write with my left hand. Right hand is a little slow. Let me write with my left hand. So I'm ambidextrous. Okay. <laughs> I do my thing. You know, I, I write in my journal. I write my thoughts down. Okay, this is what mm -hmm. I'm feeling today. And, you know, that helps. I mean, I still go through health challenges. Do you have a brain tumor? Um, you know, the brain affects your entire body. Yes. So I still have to go to see my neurologists mm -hmm. and and take a lot of tests and have my MRIs um, every, every year. Mm -hmm. Um and, you know, dealing with the paralysis, I mean, my, my leg, my foot is still partially paralyzed. So I had to get a new brace. I had to see a physiatrist, you know, deal with, um, I just got Botox shots in my okay. arm and my leg to deal with the spasticity because my arm doesn't move. It doesn't move. I mean, I can move it like this, but it doesn't swing like my left arm. Yeah. So they gave me the Botox shots and they gave me the Botox shots in my um, right leg. But I keep going, you know, what the hell? <laughs> the dancing keeps me alive. Talk about that piece that was in that concert I saw that was so powerful where you were talking about how men see disability. Okay, so that's interesting. Um, <laughs> Girl, that, that piece made me just have to go, damn. Yeah, well, that's been an interesting experience for me. Men, because I have this disability, you know, I walk with a limp, you know, I walk with a limp and um, I wear my long dresses and, or, you know, bell bottoms or whatever, or I wear my stretch pants, you know, I, I, my brace, my brace is seen. So I'm still very attractive. And men Extremely. look at me, and they're wondering, like, what the hell is wrong with her? Why does she walk like that? So I'll tell you a story. And I hope he's listening to this. So my friend Galil had tickets last year to um, Lincoln Center. She invited us to the uh, New York Philharmonic. And to make a long story short, there was like eight of us. She got free tickets. And after the show, um, we all went out to dinner. And maybe there were six of us left at that time. And there was a nice gentleman there. And, uh, you know, he's looking at me, I'm looking at him and whatever, and, you know, checking me out, whatever. And, you know, we're all talking. So he said at the end of the dinner, this whole dinner is on me. And I'm like, what? 
That's nice. I said, sweetie, I'm going to give you my phone number. Because <laughs> I'm like a free dinner. I said, I'm giving you my phone number, honey. And everyone starts laughing, right? And so he hands me his phone. And I put in my phone number. And immediately after we left, he texts me like a picture of him. So I'm walking, we leave the restaurant, I'm walking down the street and I'm holding on to the guy Lil and he sees me limping, you know, I'm holding on for, to her for support. I don't have my cane. So he sees me limping and I get into a taxi and go. And, and he asks Galil, why does she walk like that? You know, and Galil's like, that's on you. You have to ask her, you know, she's a right. beautiful woman. That's all she said. Okay. So to make a long story short, he called me up and um, we met again. And we had dinner. And it's very strange that when I'm nervous, you know, I'm thinking about men, when I'm nervous, it goes right through my leg. Like the nerves go through my leg and I can't lift my leg up. And I mean, it's it's difficult to lift my leg because I'm thinking about it so much that all of the nerves just like say, forget it, you're not gonna walk. So he sees the way I walk. And um, we had a dinner and whatever. And I'm trying to move the friggin' leg after we leave the restaurant, but I'm still limping. In any event, he invites me to the Black Nutcracker, which is nice. I'm like, oh, okay, this brother's, you know, interested. So I get purposely, I arrive to the Black Nutcracker at the Paris Theater. And pa is it pa no, it's not Paris, it's the Paradise Theater in Brooklyn. And um, I arrived there early and there's like a huge line. So he comes late and I'm on the line and he says, the first thing he says to me, he said, I'm gonna ask you a question. Why do you walk like that? Wow. And I said, oh, I wow. said, that's a long story. I'll tell you later. So we get into the theater and usually when I go to theaters or any place else, I go to the bathroom for persons with disabilities on the first floor when I don't have to go down the steps, <laughs> right. right? But I was so nervous to use that disabled bathroom with him, I didn't go. So I just held it there. I just sat oh. in the theater and didn't go to the bathroom. Yeah, because I'm thinking like, what is he thinking? So in any event, after the show, we leave and he's like, okay, let's go out to dinner. And we walk outside and I, I couldn't walk. And he sees him stumbling, you know, I'm limping. He's like, okay, let's catch an Uber and go downtown Brooklyn. So we go downtown Brooklyn, we go into the restaurant and he's like, are you gonna tell me why you walk like that? And I said, okay, yeah, sure. I said, I am a brain tumor survivor. This whole energy changed. Entire energy oh. changed. And I told him I have a dance company, I've done this, whatever. Totally changed, totally changed. So, Men can deal with it if you say you have like a car accident, if you were in a car accident, that's more acceptable. But if you say that you have a chronic illness or any kind of illness, they don't want to be a caregiver, caretaker. Mm -hmm. It's a fear, it's a fear. So I'm a part of an organization called Divas with Disabilities. And my friend started it and she is an amputee, right? And she lost her leg through um, bone cancer years ago when she was 18 years old. And mm. we talk about 
you know, how we deal with men and, you know, men, and, and she's incredibly professional. She used to work for the Pentagon. Uh, she wants to be an actress. She has a wonderful personality. So she, you know, she's very powerful. But men, they don't know how to deal with her either because she has mm. a prosthetic. Mm. Mm. So, so we, did this brother just drop out of the scene? Totally dropped out. Never called me again. <laughs> Never called wow. me. Wow. Basically, they assume they will have to be a caregiver without yeah, just, asking or, yeah. or getting to know you or right. getting to know, you, you know, your lifestyle and all of that. Yeah, they don't want to deal with it. No. They don't. Uh-uh. Wow. So did the piece come out of that experience? It impacts me in the sense that um, I know what others have dealt with, mm-hmm. you know, as, as women with disabilities. I don't have a fear. I mean, I know who I am. I'm comfortable with who I am. You have to be comfortable with who you are. Hello. Hello. You have to do the work. I'm going to say this also. I mean, I know of a guy who was attracted to me. He could not deal with me because I know because I have this disability and I had a brain tumor. And we are very good friends. However, he did not want to be emotional or whatever because ability. Wow. So, woof. I probably have to do this again with you because it's just a wealth of information and, and knowledge and wisdom that you've dropped on us. And I'm like so appreciative um, of your time and, and your sharing. Do a little business. Tell people where they can find you. As I said, I'll have it in the show notes. Go. Okay, you can find me on zcodanceproject.com. Bam. Bam. Everything's there. Everything's there. On her website. Like I said, please go check it out. Donate. Look at the videos. See how you can support in that sense. The other thing I want to ask you before we close and you read this poem is, what are you creating for yourself in the future? What do you see for yourself in your company? Okay, well, I think one of the best things that happened last year was that we were invited to the International Dance Festival on Disability in Greece. And um, we were going there in May and uh, they were sponsoring us. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, like four dancers that I could bring four to five dancers and they were sponsoring us. And it, it's in a Karditsa, Greece. So we would have to take the plane to Athens and then mm-hmm. I think it's a three hour drive to Karditsa. If mm-hmm. we do that, that would be excellent. If it could happen next year, if it, you know, everything opens up and the restrictions are gone. So this is May of 2022. Yeah, 21 or 22. I don't know if they're going to do it in 21. What happened when they, when they canceled it was that we did a uh, Zoom meeting and I had to wake up at three in the morning so I could be on their time. And there were several artists from Portugal, from Greece, from uh, France who had companies with disabilities from the UK. And I just felt just wonderful. And she was like, you have this amazing smile. Yes. You know, I, I was just smiling because I was just overwhelmed by meeting all these people who were going to take part in this festival. So if we can do that, bring it to Europe, that would be amazing. 
I want to do that. Particularly being a, a, a black woman, you yes. know, they have not seen a black woman that they have not seen. And going over there and doing some soulful dance and, yes. you know. Oh my the, goodness, that sounds so exciting. And then, you know, my friend and I, who is the, um, the who started Divas with Disabilities, we want to be recognized on film, on television, mm. as women with disabilities or persons with disabilities. You know, we don't yeah. want an able-bodied actor being put in, in a wheelchair to portray right. a person with a disability. We right. want to be who we are. Right. You know, put us in front of the camera. Right. Send me out on commercials. I mean, they are doing commercials. Send me out on commercials. Yeah, I work with a limp, but this is who I am. Yes. Yes. And that's so important because, again, it's educational. It's it's letting people know that, yes, we share the planet with all kinds of people, with all types of experiences. Right. And so that it, these things are not foreign to people, you know. My goodness, I wish you all the amazing best as you move forward in creating and yeah, well, um God be to glory I'm leaving as my father would say he he always used to tell me to say my heavenly father owns the universe and my every need shall be supplied and I always say that yeah please share this poem with us okay and I thank you girl okay so let me put on my glasses okay all right Woo. I am a dancer it gave God and my parents great pleasure to create me in their eyes, I am a black beauty. My parents molded me to perfection, instilling in me great values not to fear rejection. Tuned into divine master plan, my heavenly father gave me life. I grew to be a woman, every curve was fine. Bold, bountiful, sexual, funny, intelligent, and strong. I am a disabled woman, African, Caribbean, and proud. People see me and sometimes turn away. I do not feel ashamed. I know I am blessed. Average humans don't understand. They let their ignorance get the upper hand. They don't know how fundamental respect they choose to mock differences they don't accept. I dance to rejuvenate my soul. I have the tools I need to be the best. Black woman, vibrant woman, disabled woman. God's creation, that is me. Oh, girl. Girl, thank you for sharing that with us. That is fantastic and phenomenal. And I thank you so very much for your time and for thank sharing you, with us. Thank you. I feel you're so very good. you're a very powerful story, girl. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. I hope that you enjoyed that and was thoroughly, thoroughly inspired and uplifted by what you heard. If you are in a situation currently that is unfulfilling to you, be it a job or a career you've been pursuing, and you feel like there's something else that you really want to do or you already know what that is, get quiet. Sit still, breathe in and out deeply, and begin to envision what that is that you wish to create. 
And remember, there's nothing too big. It's only small ideas. Think big and write that down. What is it that you wish to create? Write it down, put it in your phone, speak it out loud to people that are supportive of you. And go for it. Go for it. Don't delay. Start now, even if you plot in your mind what your escape plan is going to be. But go for it. This life is meant to be lived to the fullest. Take advantage, no matter what is happening in your life right now. There can always be room to create more. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to visit JackieBirdSpiritualWellness.com. Join my mailing list. I've got workshops coming up, as I mentioned earlier in the program. I have audiobooks, guided meditation videos, and audio and meditation music, everything for inspiration and to help you relieve stress, increase your mindfulness and awareness and presence. And remember to always roll with peace in mind.